Holly G with the Golf Insiders with the award-winning PGA Tour intrepid reporter himself, Bob Herrick, joining us today to give us all the inside scoop and the upfront picture of what it was like to watch Tiger Woods and Charlie at the PNC Championship. Hey, Bob. Hello, how you doing? Good. All right, you were there, front row, watching it every step of the way. The television numbers were massive, no surprise there. All eyes were on Tiger Woods' return uh, and 12-year-old Charlie. Sure were, and I think it uh, uh, it's pretty easy to say it surpassed um, expectations. You know, it was pretty remarkable what we all got to witness. And, you know, I've been telling some people it, it was kind of fun, again, to be in that Tiger midst, you know, just, you know, what he brings to a tournament and, and, and still just kind of, you know, forget about all the injuries. I mean, just some of the shots the guy can still hit. It's, that's why this whole latest thing is such a shame because he still has so much there. So much game. You know, the skills are still there. And um, when healthy, if he is ever fully healthy, he would be competitive. You know, he might not win at the level he did before, but he would be competitive. And uh, so it was kind of it was kind of nice to take all that in again. You know, it was just a. Um, it was just a neat, neat experience, and of course, you know, Charlie was unbelievable. He was just great again, and and it was cool to see John Daly win. Yes, you know, it was just a lot of good stories all the way around. And John didn't play all that great the first day, and 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 John two or the second kind of picked him up, and on the second day they both played pretty well. JD was was you know hit some really nice shots and two fifty seven. It's pretty hard to shoot 57 with a four-person scramble. Right. You know, forget about, you know, let alone two. And especially when one of the guys is playing from 7,100 yards, you know. Actually, I believe they both played from that distance, you know, um, because uh, Daly's son is, you know, know, he's a college golfer. He's pretty darn good. Right. And uh, so, anyway, it um, it it was pretty cool to see them pull it off and, you know, there was, you know, the Saints were up there. They were a really good team. JT was up there again with his dad. Uh, you know, so... And his uh, poor dad on, on Saturday. I, I didn't know that he was going to make it to the course on Sunday. So no, he had him back trouble? Yeah, yeah. He had, you know, he had had some issues earlier this summer. And um, I don't know that he had been playing a whole lot. I mean, look, I'm, he, he, even without it last year, it was a struggle for him. You know, he's a good enough player to be able to play from JT's ball, you know, but to hit a drive and, you know, and it's, um, it was, it was, it was a lot. So, I mean, JT really did a great job to keep them in there. Yeah, it really, it, it got interesting coming down the stretch because, uh, although, uh, Tiger and Charlie ran out of holes, uh, with, um, John Daly Sr. and Jr. Um, a few holes back. Um, they, you know, they finished it out in the end and set a course or a tournament record, right? Yeah, they did. And that's the other amazing thing about what Tiger and Charlie did. I mean, their score would have would have probably tied 
or won just about all the others, you know. Uh, but yeah, they you know they would have been one shot closer if they weren't trying to hold that ship on the last hole. Um, you know, they figured out that they knew they needed the eagle there. Otherwise, they would have they would have birdied the last twelve holes in every hole on the back nine. And uh, it's just a shame they didn't get that one on the green, so they could have taken a putt at it. But uh, still, it was pretty cool to see, and uh, um, it was it was uh, yeah, it was really neat. Well, we you know keep. Hanging on to the Tiger Factor for good reason. Um, at one point on Sunday, the audience peaked at 3.2 million viewers, smack in the middle of the NFL, right? So, uh, you know, pretty interesting that um, once again, uh, you know, Tiger is able to draw the largest audience in over two decades, according to NBC, which. Uh, you know, that's that's what he does. He really does. And for an event like that with, you know, like you said, in the middle of football and, um, and you know. For, really, and for a hit and giggle golf tournament, as he calls it. Really an <laughs> exhibition. Yeah. You know, when you can think about it. I mean, they're riding carts and it's pretty loose. Um yeah, it's just you know his his power is remarkable and and uh, you know I just think that that's why you know like the the he's able to the fact that he's able to to still bring that and look imagine whenever he does come back whatever he plays in whenever it is now it's going to be off the charts incredible the interest and and the um, you know, the attention that it gets because of him, because it's him. Uh, but, you know, watching Tiger for all of us, even inside the ropes, uh, you know, it's it's uh, hard to be uh, not a little impressed. I mean, from where he was to be able to do what he did is, you know, I think you and I talked about this before. I didn't see him doing this. Um, and, you know, there was rumblings about it a month, a month or so ago. Right. Um, and even, at, you know, like kind of in the Bahamas when, you know, he, he had started hitting balls. And I still didn't think he was going to do it. I mean, I just was factoring in, you know, it's still a good amount of walking that you have to do. Um, even though you're riding a cart, you still are walking. You know, you're walking out into the range. You're walking out into the cart. You walk from the cart to the green from the green back to the cart, then to the tee. And, you know, he does it for three days. And I could sense, even on Friday during the Pro-Am, you know, halfway through, he was hurting. Yeah. You could tell. He was just he was just not moving that well. It was probably the most he had, he had done that. And there you know, were certainly some grimaces uh, at, yeah. at various points on Saturday and Sunday. No doubt. There was one that I saw up close myself. And then later I saw in a replay where he dumped the same thing on the front nine where, you know, it looked like he just went after one a little bit more. You know, his adrenaline's going, and so what is he going to do? He's going to push off on that right foot and come off, and, and it hurt. Yeah. You can tell he kind of, like, flexed it, and, you know, mm. it's almost like trying to shake it off. And uh, and so this is, the, this is the worry. You know, you worry that um, – is he gonna is he, is he gonna push too much? And he even referenced that, you know, there were times where just in the rehab part of it that his doctor has told him, you need you need to calm down. You know, you need to just 
be patient, you know, stick to the plan. Right. You know, and uh, – Good luck with that, Tiger Woods. Yeah. As your patient. Right. <laughs> right. So, you know, although I do really think he has learned his lesson with that. Um, you know, like he – you know, going back to January when – he was coming off the back surgery, and we were all wondering if he was going to be back for the Masters. And he got to Riviera, which was only a couple of days before the crash. And you got the sense he really had not been practicing. Like he was going to wait the full amount of time that they told him to, to bat, you know, to not be swinging a club. This is the other thing going forward is, is how much will his back be a problem. Right. It's not just the foot and the ankle. Exactly. I mean, and the good news is, is I don't think he had any back issues over the weekend. And I think there's something to be said for the amount of time he did not swing a club. You know, uh, he was able to give that even more healing time. This is, of course, assuming he didn't make it worse in the crash, which we don't know. Right. That's not been addressed. But I get this. Given the way he was swinging the club, it looked – look, at this event last year, he was not good. And we came to find out later that his back was really bothering him. In fact, he had that surgery three days later. Right. I just remember yeah. thinking back to that tournament, like, man, he's hitting his wedges poor. Charlie's hitting them inside him. He's, he's hitting wedges to 30 feet, you know. This time, you would have expected that more. I thought he was way better. His short game was – Joe and Lacava's caddy said his short game's in mid-season form. I mean, he was so good around the greens, his chipping and yeah, his pitching. Great, great touch you know, and distance his, control. Yeah. Yeah. So – and, you know, he got a couple of drives out there over 300 yards. You just know with time he's going to build that up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we all notice looks like he's been working on his upper body. And my guess – this will be a great question for him. Probably going to have to swing more with his arms and his upper body mm-hmm. and and not be able to use the legs quite as much. And that's where that will come in handy if he doesn't overdo it, you know, if he doesn't injure something else in, in trying to get stronger. Did he do a press conference, Bob? Well, he did one on on Friday, yeah, and then he did – he talked after each round on Saturday and Sunday, and you know, there's only so many, so many questions you can get in, unfortunately. And uh, but but I thought that um, you know, Anything for the most p- revealing come out of that. Well, you know, one one of the things that was interesting to me, I asked him this actually was, um, uh, you know, and, it, and it's delicate, right? You got to kind of, you kind of got to be you know, careful, but I asked them, look, as you go along, as you get closer to coming back, would you consider, even for a short time, petitioning for a cart? You asked it. We talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. And he shot it down, like, like with no question. And he didn't, he wasn't, like, mad about it. He just said. No way. You know, nope, no chance. He goes, that's not me. That's I'm not going to do that. If I can't play the PJ Tour level that I just can't do it. But he's not, you know, and look, there's some there's some conjecture about, you know, would he be eligible under the Americans with Disabilities Act, you know, and I, and I think you would get different opinions, but you would never know until you tried. And, you know, it, re- it requires you to go through some, a process of submitting paperwork. Obviously, Casey Martin, you know, qualified. Yes. 
but John Daly himself qualified twice. The PGA of America let him ride a cart, and so it's the same. It's the same thing. Like uh, you know, you've got to submit your medical records, and they rule on it. You know, would they deny Tiger? I mean, um, Eric Compton was a guy years ago who took a cart in qualifying school. And I think he played at Disney on a sponsor's exemption once, but he didn't want it. He didn't I remember want that, yes. He did it only because he said, look, I just, but he goes, I want to get rid of this as soon as I can. And then he's never ridden since. So there are very, very few players that would, feed, that, would, that would meet both criteria. You're good enough to play on tour and you have a disability under the law. Pretty, pretty rare. So, um, but I mean, look, I think what we saw was, man, if Tiger could have a golf cart, you know. I, I just can't see, see him doing it. It just yeah. is against, it's almost against his DNA, right? I mean, everything yeah. about him from his fitness regimen to his, you know, training with special forces. I mean, I just, uh, you know, I, I just don't know that he would. And it sounds like the way he answered it, he he would it just wouldn't even come into consideration for him. I don't know. But then, if that's the case, and that's fine, then he's he's got a long road. Yeah. I mean, he's got to learn how to not learn, but you know, get used to. Stamina. It's not just the walking eighteen holes. It's stamina. It's being able to hit the shots, being tired, standing around. Yeah. You know. You know. You're waiting. You're ne- almost never sitting. Maybe here or there there's a bench, or maybe you sit on your bag for a short time if you're waiting on a group in front, but you're really not giving your back and legs a rest. You're on your feet for five-plus hours, plus the practice time, plus the pro-am round or the practice rounds. You know, you're talking 90, 90 holes, holes a week. right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and plus the week before or whenever, you've got to get your game in shape. And so then there's going to be the balance. All right, how do you get yourself in walking shape? If you overdo it walking, trying to get ready, now you're going to, you're going to tire yourself out for the tournament. But if you don't get ready, you're not going to be able to do it in the tournament. So, I mean, if you'll ever talk about it, I think it would be fascinating to hear from him as to, um, you know, what's the balance? You know, like when you're at home, like, you know, like, the one thing he doesn't want to do is overdo it with the walking so he can't work on his game, you know. But right. on the other hand, you know, you, you can't just work on your game and not get the fitness. And I don't think there's anything that can replicate it. Walking in a pool, obviously that would probably help. But uh, it's, you know, in other words, just to strengthen, you know, the legs and not have the same resistance. But you still got to do it on the course. And I, I just remember from when he t- returned from the back problems, this was the thing that LaCava was always trying to get him to do, was to walk more at home because he felt like he wasn't really in golf walking shape when he got to tournaments. And As only a t- good caddy would, right? Yeah. Like, let's go. Yep. Yep. And so he would be tired, you know. And, and But then, on, and, you know, from Tiger's standpoint, he wanted to not waste time. He wanted to work on his game, you know. And so it's a, ba- it's a balance. I think it's a tough balance. It was interesting. You clearly got some time uh, to speak to Joe LaCava, his uh, caddy. Uh, I, I thought it was very interesting, um, some of the things that, that he said, you know, regarding Tiger that he knew or didn't know. Um, but uh, most interestingly, he thought uh, 
that what maybe by the summer he would expect Tiger to tee it up on the tour. He his whole thing to me seemed to be he was told by somebody, a doctor type or someone he asked, you know, that from the time of the injury it would be 18 months before he'd be able to be in a position to play tournament golf. Now, he admitted, look, I'm just guessing. But he goes, if you think about it, that makes a lot of sense. He goes, look, we're like at 10 months now. And he goes, so we're talking like another seven or eight months. And you see, he said, you see him. I saw him. He's in pain yes. when he's walking too much. And that's going to take some time to work through. My guess is this entire week, He's probably been in an ice bath and keeping that leg raised and not doing a whole lot of rehab in this week because I think he needed to recover. And, like, that's the one thing you don't want to be doing is you want to just keep building. And so you'd like to think now maybe after the holidays he gets back after it and it's just a slow building process. Whatever he's allowed to do to strengthen his foot, his ankle, and his leg, you know, um, the amount of whatever amount of walking, you know, they allow him to do. I wonder, you know, you just wonder that they give him a distance. Okay, this week you can, three days a week you can walk this far, you know, and then the next week, okay, now we can step it up a little bit. You know, it would be fascinating if he would ever share that, um, just to know what he's going through. Well, 18 months would bring us to what, about August? Yeah, and obviously, you know, the PGA Tour season's winding down, man. I think a lot of people already have circled the, the Open at St. Andrews for a lot of reasons that make sense. I mean, uh, it's a flat golf course. It's not one he has to worry about hitting out of a lot of rough. There's not a lot of hazards. Um, it's a style of play that would suit him because you're not having to hit these towering 350-yard drives. Um, I, think, I think Tiger has come to appreciate, you know, the um, sort of what he means to the game. And it would be really cool to have him in um, the 150th Open and what it would be his sixth Open at St. Andrews, fifth as a pro. Um, I just think just for kind of a lot of sentimental reasons, it would be kind of neat. Um, You know, would he perhaps play a tournament prior I don't know, kind mm-hmm. of doubt it, <laughs> yeah. you know, like for for risk of having that, you know, make it worse. Right. Um, but I just sort of think, like, I think we need to get off the idea that he's going to be back at the Masters. I couldn't agree know? more. You know. Even, um, even Nick Faldo was quoted as saying, you know, as difficult as Augusta is, because you get shin splints, and that's being fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, well, speaking of booming it, uh, I guess the other big news this week was Bryson DeChambeau uh, getting tested for PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs, if you aren't aware of the abbreviation. And all of, all of it came back negative, Bob. What do uh, you think, uh, Bryson just creating a little noise before the end of the year here? I, I have no idea what that was about, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think it's kind of a weird kind of a weird deal. And, uh, um, you know, he, um, 
I, it sounds to me like the test was from uh, the Bahamas, you know, where they would have been tested. Um, I'm not quite sure what he was trying to prove there uh, because, you know, look, I'm not doubting him. I'm not saying that he, that he, that he's, that he hasn't passed, but, but he also, um, you know, like you didn't see him actually be given the test. You know, I mean, so it's well. Like, they say for legal reasons you can't, you know, you can't take right. cameras in, and the privacy issues and all that, which you know we all know you yeah. gotta practically sign your life away when you go in to get your finger pricked. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe just wanted to create some noise since Tiger was sucking all the air out of golf for two weeks. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was a kind of a weird flex at this time of year. And, uh, and Phil uh, announcing that he's going to play in the Tournament of Champions, which will be our kickoff event in January. Um, of course, it's a limited field event. Only uh, those that have won, that would be in the 2020-2021 season. Right, Bob? Yeah, good for him. Um, and, you know, he hasn't played that tournament in like 20 years. He got out of the habit of playing there because he didn't think it helped his game. And, and you know, Tiger did too. Um, but, uh, you know, there's another side of it. It's like, man, how could you not want to play there? Um, it's just, you know, it's 30 or, 30 or 40 guys. It makes it a lot easier to try to try to win. Right. Um, you know, like that's the thing you got to look at is you try to, try to get his game geared up to try to win. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. Well, and also the other news was that the tour granted a bunch of Saudi event releases. Can you give an update on that and the significance, if any? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's, it's uh, with stipulations, you know, these guys are going to have to play at Pebble Beach either once or twice in the next couple of years. And to be honest with you, for all the rhetoric about this, I think those guys got off got off easy it's not a not exactly a real tough ask you know um to be told that you're gonna play the you know uh you have to go to pebble beach once in the next couple of years or twice from the tour standpoint look at all the guys are playing over there it's like what 15 of them yeah a couple dozen yeah and they're gonna miss yeah more than that 20 some yeah they're gonna the opposite event is pebble beach which happens to be the off week between the championship games and the Super Bowl. There's no football that weekend. It's a huge weekend. Right, February 3rd through the 6th. Mm -hmm. Right. It used to be a week earlier, Torrey Pines. Now this year, it's Super Bowl moved back, and so they switched some tournaments around. And Pebble Beach has that open weekend. And, you know, a bunch of your stars are going to be in the Middle East. You know, so yeah. from the tour standpoint, this is this is why they have these rules to try to protect their sponsors. Yeah, and and especially so, an event like Pebble Beach. Right. Interesting. Right. Yep. Well, the final big news of the year is the soon-to-be release of your first book, Bob Tiger and Phil: Golf's <laughs> <laughs> Most Fascinating Rivalry. Which uh, is on sale now. Won't be um, won't be hitting the streets till April, but uh, 
you know, this is so exciting and I'm sure is ending your 2021 season on a very high note. And um, all I can say to my listeners is go get your copy before they sell out because uh, this is this is going to be a, a big one. Yeah, it's clear, this is clearly like one of the bigger news stories at the end of the year, no question. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's exciting. I mean, this has been in the works for a while, and and you've been nice enough to talk about it a few times, and I appreciate that. It's in, in the book publishing world, it's a big deal if you can direct people to the pre-sales and so that, you know, they, they go ahead and get it out of the way and they order it and then it magically appears one day. Obviously, you started on this many months ago. Golf has this way of just creating these sort of magical. With Phil winning the PGA Championship last year and Tiger playing in the PNC, and who knows when next year. Uh, I mean, good for you that uh, you're going to have this great momentum coming into uh, the actual release of the book. Yeah, I mean, I I was in a in a weird spot in trying to write it because obviously you have to have these things done well in advance, and I didn't want to write it like their careers were done. Right. Um, <laughs> Good thing you did. And, and I also, but I also didn't want to suggest that there's a lot more to come. I mean, we know that on the back end there isn't as much to come. Right. There, but there could be. You know, and, you know, why couldn't Phil get in contention for another major? Why couldn't Tiger come back and have one last hurrah if he can get healthy? You know, as I note in there, they're both going to be Ryder Cup captains at some point. The interesting thing will be is will they assist each other? You know, like they've kind of they've kind of come to a, you know, more of an understanding as it relates to that. You know, they've put their differences aside. Um you know, there's an entire chapter on the one time they played in a Ryder Cup in two different matches, and it didn't go very well. That's, you know, that was the height of their not really getting along. Acrimony, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so it's evolved since then, and I think that's, you know, that's part of the journey that the book takes you through. You know, there was, there's a lot of, you, look, if you just look at their records, you're not going to see that there was much of a rivalry. But if you dig down like I did, um, you know, there was nobody other, you know, really uh, other than Phil that gave Tiger a tussle or that Tiger really, um, you know, sort of feared. Uh, Certainly Ernie Els would have been one, um, VJ Singh. But, you know, those guys were older, certainly VJ. You know, DJ was stopped winning in 2008. Um, Ernie was the next best thing, but didn't have the overall record of Phil, at least not on the PGA Tour. So, um, you know, nobody nobody currently has won, other than Tiger, has won more majors than Phil. Nobody's won more tour events. And, uh, you know, they... They had their their time there where they they kind of dominated the majors from 2004 to 2007, uh, and uh, actually 2008 when you throw in Tiger's U.S. Open win that year. So it was um, you know, it was a pretty interesting ride as I tried it as I try to portray. And to put it in perspective, Phil Mickelson, 51 years old, 
Tiger turning 46 December 30th, Bob. That should make both of us feel old. A happy birthday to Tiger Woods early, and uh, congratulations on the book, and we'll be speaking in 2022. It'll be here before you know it. Thank you. All right. Happy holidays. Same to you. Thanks.